0: Back to, in my non-expert opinion, I'm your host Chelsea Rife, and this podcast covers everything from lifestyle, manifesting, business, relationships. Lately, it's about living life on your own terms. So this podcast is very special because I wanted to do a year in review basically solo rambling episode I have gotten feedback that you guys like those I definitely had some insecurity around them where I was like I feel like I'm literally just talking to a wall and I'm not sure if people are listening or if it is even making sense but the more I do them the more I hear that you guys actually find those more relatable because you guys are either going through the same thing or it's just nice to listen to and hear that someone at least is going again through something that you're going through or how they're overcoming it so I wanted to do a year in review podcast and cover all the lessons i've learned and even now what i'm still learning because i have gone through so much this year personally professionally romantically uh family wise and i think i learned something from all of it and i'm still learning like i am nowhere done learning so i wanted to do a year in review a lot of you know i moved to australia And that has been probably the biggest change of my life because uh, I'm across the world. So I don't have my family. I don't have my friends around me. I had to make friends. I had to find new groups. Um, It's been quite the adjustment. And it's just been crazy because even though they speak English, there's still so many different words they use. And I've been giving you guys little updates about the words that they use. If you've listened to the past, like, I don't know, seven podcasts, I do about 20, 30 minute updates in the beginning with all the news going on here. And The words are just so funny, like I keep like now I say lovely and babe and FFS, which means for fuck's sake, like these are all things I never used to say, but now I'm like, Good morning lovely, hi babe, and I'm like, wait, what I don't use these words? Like it's just because everyone here is using them, you start to adapt that. I definitely have not any I don't have any accent, so I have not picked up an Australian accent. Some people thought I would. The funny thing is, I don't really hang out with a lot of Australians, I hang out with a ton of British people. So I would say 98, if not 99% of my friends here and the people I chill with are British. So if anything, I'm just learning British words, like they say, what's a new one? Oh, fillets instead of fillets. They say diary instead of calendar. They don't use uh, Zs really, like minimize or personalize or anything, that would be an S. They use favorite or color. They spell it O-U-R. So these are all things that are really interesting because if I'm typing something or posting something, if I'm thinking about, you know, Australians and, and British, they actually are very similar because they're a commonwealth. Australia is a commonwealth of Britain. So there's a lot of similar words that I'm like, wow, I'm just not used to this. So funny little words and updates, but I would say the biggest adjustment is two things. One is the instability of living here, and the second is the age gaps of people. So I'll start with the instability. I knew when I moved here that I was signing up for that. Like, I knew I would be traveling, I thought I would live in Sydney for a little, then go to Melbourne for a few months, maybe go to Brisbane, maybe go to Perth, just places all over. And as I've been here, I'm like, wait, my visas, I'm already five months into my visa. Like, I'm almost halfway done and i basically have stayed in bondi so it has been uh eye-opening for me to realize wait chelsea you haven't even left really bondi it's time to go explore but the instability in in the groups that you hang out with in your schedule in not having a routine in the waves of people that come in and out because everyone's traveling so i'll start with work I just picked up another job which is why honestly i haven't posted or done a podcast in a while because it has been so insane i basically picked up a social media job for a music events company which is really cool it's honestly something that i've never done and it's a really cool company But it's um, very time consuming because there was a New Year's festival and apparently the last two weeks of the festival or before the festival is when they do their biggest ticket pushes. And so I was basically thrown in the fire of you come up with a social media plan, create the content, look at the copy, all this stuff that really took up a lot of time. And then I work one day a week at a yoga studio during their influencer marketing. And then I also work a gelato job just to have some extra money. So with all the free time I had, and it's being, it's summer now, I was just like, uh, I don't have time to really like, sit down think about who I'm gonna outreach to, edit the podcast, make social media content for it. I was just really overwhelmed. So on my days off, I was pretty much going to the beach, just chilling out, watching TV, which I used to do when I was like, had nothing to do. I would just watch TV. So I was like, I need to just chill the hell out. And then some family stuff happened. Um, There was a family emergency with one of my parents, and that was just such a huge uh, bummer. I don't really even know how to describe it. It was something completely unexpected. Everything is okay now, but it was so hard to deal with that I didn't even have the energy to post anything. I didn't feel excited to record. I didn't want to record. I didn't really feel like there was anything to update you on without telling you guys about that. And so, yeah, I was just like, oh, I don't want to post between what's going on personally and then just being overwhelmed with all the work I was doing. I just had no energy to be recording. So I do want to keep recording in 2020 and I will do more of these solo episodes because like I said, I'm getting a lot of feedback that you guys like them. So please know I will try to post more of these and always DM me or email me if you want me to cover something specific because I'm going through it all. (laughs) Finances, relationships, family, moving, career changes, like I pretty much have dipped my hand in all that this year. So yeah, that is one of the biggest, um, things with working is the instability that it's caused me in my personal life. So one of the jobs I work three days a week, one of them I work one day a week, and then the other one I can pick how often I want to work. So because of that, It kind of creates a different week each week. So I have lost my morning routine. If you guys listened to this podcast probably seven, eight months ago, I was like on top of the world with my schedule. I woke up at six, maybe 630. I was working out before work, went to work, would come home and cook a healthy meal, clean, make my bed. Like I was on top of my shit. I was meditating, journaling, like, and it actually felt really good. Here, I just started to fall off because my schedule was so weird. It was like, well, wait, if you don't have to go to work until 5 p.m. and you can sleep until 10 a.m., why not do that? So then I was like, well, now it's 10 a.m. I'm just going to kind of roll out of bed and head to the beach and get a coffee. And that that was actually really fun for a while because I felt so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was so refreshing to just walk outside, walk to the beach, just chill with a coffee. That kind of was my morning routine. And what I have learned is I don't need to be so rigid with it. Like, I don't want to have such a schedule where it's like, oh my God, it's 6am and I haven't done my workout. I can't, I can't have my day anymore. Like, I don't want to be that person, but I have noticed I do feel pretty out of alignment and very scatterbrained and like all over the place if I'm not doing something like that. So that is a big part of being in this unstable environment is realizing i need some stability so you know i've always been go with the flow i have a thousand different ideas every day my mind is always racing at night with new things to to do or create or anything and now i'm just like i think i need some stability or routine so that i can hone in all that because i have so many thoughts but when i wake up i'm just running around so now i'm like really in 2020 trying to develop some type of routine that i can stick to again that's not rigid like Before it was workout, journal, meditate, drink water, this, this, this. And now it's like, okay, I think I really like journaling and I really like visualizing. So I'm going to continue those two things. If I don't like meditating for 30 minutes and I keep wanting to just check my phone and check out, then I'm not going to do that. I do want to meditate though because I have seen the benefits. So maybe I'll just start small, kind of like I did when I started meditating two years ago. Maybe just one minute, then move to two minutes, then move to five. Um, I think meditation really is your own personal journey. So those are things that in 2020, I want to work on. The other big piece that I just didn't realize that I would be dealing with when I moved here is the cycle of when people leave. Um, So everyone's on the working holiday visa. So when they're on that, obviously, their visa expires at some point. So there's also an option to do your farm work, is what they call it. Americans are actually lucky. We get to do hospitality work, but you do farm work or hospitality work for 90 days in a rural, like more suburb, not even suburban, like literally rural area, where you would be either working on a farm doing like fruit picking or packing something, just something on a farm. And again, Americans can do hospitality where they would work at you know a hotel or maybe on a boat or something for 90 days, and then you would get a second year visa to do your working holiday visa for the second time. And that's why a lot of people stay for two years because they have that option. The issue is when people go leave and do that, two things happen, obviously they're gone for 90 days, which is uh, one fourth of your visa, And second is that they usually tend to meet a huge group of people that they become friends with. So a lot of people that I'm here with are all friends because they met at like a farm. They literally call it like the farm group or we all met at the farm because that's how they developed this huge group. Because if you think about it, if you're picking freaking fruit for 90 days with people all your age, yeah, you're going to become best friends. So um, I'm dealing with like the friend groups I have, they're all from like farm groups and they're really, really close but also now I have friends leaving. So I don't, I don't know why I just didn't think about it. It's like in my mind, I, oh, I have my friend group. I'll just chill with them the whole year. We'll do fun trips. And it's like, no, like one of my friend's visas expires in I think four weeks. The other two are leaving to farm work. I have other friends that don't even live close by. I have friends that are in relationships that just live in another part of town. So it's just such a different um, environment that I'm used to. I'm used to staying in one place, like especially Chicago, we would move apartments and neighborhoods, but it's not like we moved cities or left Chicago to go to l a or New York like we just moved around the city so that's something that is really really hard and it also makes dating really hard so when I first got here, uh you guys know I was boy crazy I was just going out meeting people, having fun, and then eventually you start to meet people that you're like, "Wait, I actually really like this person like this would be great to date them and then there's this looming thing over your head that's like well one of our visas expires and eventually one of us is going to have to leave and the other side of that is a lot of us came here with big travel plans already so uh luckily i haven't made too many plans but there's a lot of people that have already developed a whole route where they're like oh yeah i'm going here in february then i'm going to do this for three months then i'm going to come back then i'm going to go to asia for a month then i'm going to do this for one month and come back and it's it's very common for that to happen like Right now, half my friends are in Asia for a month for the new year and the holiday. And I was like, what? And it's because, one, everyone gets a holiday break. Two, the public leave here is amazing, like everyone gets four weeks off. But like I said, these people have these trips planned way in advance, and I'm just not used to that. If any Americans are listening, you know we get like, what, seven to ten days of paid time off with some holidays off. And we usually save it for one big trip, like a Euro trip or spring break, or in the winter we'll do a ski trip. And sometimes we'll get some more days off, but we're not really taking a month off to go international. So because I'm not used to that, I haven't really like planned for that. I did do Bali, but that was different because it was yoga training, and I knew I was I wanted to knock that out up front. So that's something that I'm just like, uh, what? Like I'm just getting so used to it, I don't really know how to handle it because my like core group of friends right now basically is all leaving and yes it's only 90 days but i'm like 90 days flies by here and it also changes a lot like i could have a totally different group in 90 days i could move in 90 days i could be in another country in 90 days like it's just weird to think oh this friend group that you've hung out with that you go to the beach with and you get drinks with and you guys are hanging out every other day that they're just split up and there's nothing you can do because that's how everyone is. Everyone's visa is different here. And then the expiration, like I said, at some point, all these visas expire and they either have to go back home or go to another country or get a, a work visa, which is really hard. And so there's a lot of talk about different visas that people want to do. So New Zealand has the same exact visa that Australia does. So a lot of people end up doing that, or they do the two years in Australia, then do New Zealand. A lot of people backpack around Asia for six months. And these are, again, all things that I'm not used to. Like, again, (laughs) if an American is listening, you're probably like, six months? Like, what are we talking about? And that's how I feel. I'm like, how is anyone just traveling for six months? But now that I've been here, I realize that. Everyone saved a shit ton of money and they travel really cheap. Like they do it with hostels. They stay in hostels forever or they just camp out or they get a ton of, they hitchhike all the time. And in America, like all that stuff is unheard of. Like you don't stay in a hostel. You go to a hotel or Airbnb. No one really hitchhikes. Like, I don't know the last person I talked to that hitchhiked in America. No one is saving a ton of money for a one to six month trip because we don't get that much time off unless you quit your job. Like I did. So I'm still in that mindset of like, wait, I could take a month off, but I'm scared to because I'm coming from America where here everyone's like, what are you talking about? Like I just did a month long in Asia. So that's what I mean by the instability. It's really hard to like make a solid friend group that is going to stay around and, and dating. It's just really, really hard. Like I've met someone recently and there's this whole thing of like, wait, eventually this has to come to an end and it sucks because... You know, you when you're traveling, you tend to be a a really better version of yourself. You're adjusting. You're you're saving money. You're showing how you travel. You're showing how you adopt to different situations. You're showing how you make friends. You're showing what interests you have. Are you a traveler that likes to speed up and see everything, or do you take things slow? So when you meet people on that same wavelength, you obviously click pretty quickly. So that's what I noticed here too, is like it's actually easy to meet people in my eyes because everyone's on this working holiday visa, but it's really hard to date. Um, If you do date, it's just hard to date long term. So that's something that when I came here, in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm going to party, I'm going to travel, I'm just going to meet little flings here and there. But if you end up meeting someone you like, it's like, oh, wait, one of us eventually has to leave. And that's a tough conversation to have. Or it's a very serious one that you just need to have and it really speeds things up. So there's several people I know in Australia that are on partner visas, which means their partner sponsored the visa. And they obviously had to have pretty serious talks up front. Like it's in America, I feel like you don't even talk about moving in for a year or two, and then moving in, you stay you, you probably do that for a year or two, then you get engaged. Where here it's like uh, my visa is running up. Are we going to stay together or not? Because if so, we either need to move in or we need to get a partner visa or we need to both move to a new country like there. These are just conversations that I have never even wrapped my head around or been in. And so I'm learning now, like if I do meet someone and and you start dating, like you really need to be prepared for either it to A, come to an end, or B, for someone to be flexible and adjust their plans, which is hard, because like I said, if you plan a whole trip out for six months, you're not going to just put that on the back burner. So that is something that I don't think a lot of people talk about when traveling. I always hear the love stories that, you know, people, oh, I met him here, and now we're dating, and we've been together forever, or he changed his flight so we could stay together. And trust me, I am like, all, anyone who knows me knows I am such a romantic. I love those stories. So I'm like holding out for that. But the reality is, yeah, you're going to meet amazing people that sometimes they just don't want to change their plans. And maybe you don't want to change your plans either. So it's like, well, it just sucks for the timing. So yeah, dating here is definitely different. And I'll probably do a podcast about that more. So the instability of moving has been wild. Um that is, I think, the biggest adjustment I've had in Australia is just, again, the constant revolving circle of friends and guys and, and jobs. You can actually only work at one place for six months. So I've had three jobs here. I I, I do have three jobs. So eventually one of them I'm going to have to quit or leave because I'll be there for six months. And then you have to look for a new job or move or whatever the case is. Um And you guys know I've moved a million times. Moving is another (laughs) unstable thing. I'm pretty used to actually picking up and moving, but here it just happens so much. I'm on my third flat, and I have to actually move out in February because they're renovating it, which sucks because I actually really like this place. I have a little balcony. I have uh, my own room. I have a really nice bed. And unfortunately, we have to move out in February, so I'm going to have to move again. So now I'm just like, oh, do I want to stay in Bondi? Do I want to move to another part of town? Do I just want to pick up and move to a whole different city? Do I want to just save a ton of money and travel? Like, these are all options I've never had to deal with before. And so it's pretty overwhelming. I actually called my mom the other day so upset because I was so overwhelmed. I'm just like, this is not a life I'm used to. Like, in America, when you say you love traveling it's because you would travel every year or you would travel every month, you know, like i traveled all the time on my little three day weekends, I would go somewhere, or I would save all my money and go on a big trip in Europe. Here, when people say traveling, like they're constantly on the go. I have a friend that's traveling all through Australia that has basically been in a new place every two weeks, like new friends, new car rides, new hostels, new campsites. And I'm just like, I wasn't prepared for that level of traveling, and that has really opened my eyes to the possibilities I could have while traveling, but also just a whole different side of traveling that I'm completely unaware of. So that's been really interesting. Um, Now let's talk about life lessons that have happened to me throughout the year. The first one I would say is, it's probably the biggest one, is letting go of my ego. I definitely had somewhat of an ego when i worked in chicago i had an amazing job i was promoted really early on i did well for most of my career i made a ton of money i was making six figures i lived alone on a condo on the lake shore like on paper i was crushing it like everyone was like oh my god i love your life but something was always missing and so when i moved back to florida i was actually supposed to live with my parents because i was going to save money for australia and commute to work with their minivan. And imagine going from, you know, a lakesh- Lakeshore condo by yourself where you're making so much money you can do whatever with it to living with your parents and driving a minivan. Like, it's just funny to even say that out loud, but I quickly realized, like, get the hell over it. Like, if this is what you want to do, this is what you have to do. You're going to have to drive the minivan to save money because you don't want a new car, You're going to have to live with your parents and save money, and that's that. Luckily, I had an amazing friend, shout out to my friend Lexi, who let me live with her and her now husband. They were not even engaged at the time. They got engaged while I lived with them. But they had an extra spare room, and it happened to be right across the street from work, and so it all worked out. I feel like I really manifested that because I did not want to commute every day for an hour, and it ended up being about 10 minutes, not even, a five-minute walk from my work. So... I had to let go of my ego quickly because even living with them sounded weird to say out loud. Like, oh, yeah, I live with a couple. Um, Yeah, I don't I can't afford my own place right now. Like people were like, wait, what? Didn't you just live in Chicago in a lake shore condo? I'm so confused. I had to quickly let go of any ego or judgments and, you know, stop caring if people said, oh, my God, she drives a minivan or she's living with that couple or she was supposed to live with her parents. Like what happened? I had to let that go. So letting go of ego was super important, and especially when I moved here, I came back from Bali, and I pretty much spent all my savings um, in two months. A lot of, a huge chunk of it did go to my yoga training. It's not like I blew through it on drinks or something. A huge chunk did go to the actual tuition of my yoga training, as well as just being in Bali, but Bali's actually pretty cheap. Um, but by the time I came back and was paying rent and I wasn't working, I had to find a job and I was desperate. I basically printed out a ton of resumes, like 50, and I just walked down the main strip of Bondi and applied everywhere. Like restaurants, yogurt shops, retail shops, anything. I was literally just passing my resume to literally every single business. And then the gelato place that I inter- that I get- gave a resume to and interviewed me was like, actually, yeah, we need work right before the summer. Could you start next week? And I was like, hell yeah, I need money. The minimum wage is really high here, so I was like, yeah, of course, I'll start. Uh, Obviously, if you're listening, you're like, wait, so she worked in Chicago, made six figures, lived on this lakeshore condo, and then she got a job scooping gelato? And this is exactly what I mean. Saying it out loud, my ego does get deflated, but I realized how much I had to let that go. My whole goal of moving here was to completely reset creatively And do things that I wanted to do that I couldn't do when I had a full-time job. So podcast more, do yoga more, share yoga in a different way, create more things that would impact people. And so the way I could do that was by taking on a job that I just needed to pay bills. Obviously, I'm not trying to become uh, a gelato franchise owner, but that's okay if you are. If that's your lifelong dream, go get that scooping done. But for me... I was like, I just need to pay the bills so I can keep the lights on in my place. And uh, oh, yeah, another ego thing. I lived with six people. So I was sharing a room like you do in college. I was sharing a room with someone um, and I lived with four other people in a little apartment in Bondi. And it was just so cheap. It worked out. Um, It was just not for me just because I had you have to remember, I lived alone for five years So going from that to living with people all younger than me in a totally different country was just too much. So I eventually found my own room. But that was another thing, like uh, going back to ego, living with five people and scooping gelato, like that was a complete 180 from the life that I had just had in Chicago and in Florida. So that is the biggest lesson I learned is like letting go of my ego because what the gelato job brought me was the freedom to have spare time to work on the things that I just talked about. So I think when I was working there, originally I was doing like 30 to 35 hours a week. So I was almost doing full time, but the difference was my shifts, a lot of them were at night. So I had the whole day to work on stuff. So I could go to the beach, I could go to a cafe, I could work on my podcast, I could work on my yoga stuff. I could actually attend a yoga class in the middle of the day, which I never really had that luxury before because I had a lunch break that I had to be back in and out in an hour. So I really actually... As much as the gelato job like sucks in terms of the day-to-day activities I'm doing, like I'm washing dishes, I'm taking out trash, I'm mopping the floor, it gave me the freedom and the space to create and do what I wanted to do. So I had to just flip the script with all that stuff instead of being like, wow, I work at a gelato place and I live with all these people and oh my god, my life was so much better before. I had to completely reframe my thoughts. So I said, you know what? The gelato place is giving me all the time in the day to go explore. I can see what I want to see, do what I want to do, whatever. And on the flip side of that, living with all those people taught me to share space. It taught me like how to just make friends and, and interject myself into a group that's really close. Um, like I said, I ended up moving, but even living there for a few weeks or a month taught me so much. So reframing is something that I've had to do a lot of this year, but it really had started with letting go of my ego and swallowing my pride. I cannot tell you how hard it was to let go of the life I had in Chicago, not to like internally. I didn't have a problem. It was out loud. I cannot tell you how many people asked me if I was moving here for a boy to find a husband or to, uh, what was the other thing? If it was just a work transfer and I was like, no, nope, neither of those things. I'm not getting work transfer. I'm definitely not going to find a husband or a boy. Like, of course, it'd be nice if I meet someone, but that, that that's not the goal. There's a lot cheaper and less dramatic ways to go find a husband. So, those questions were insane. And I get it though. Like, moving abroad for a year and leaving a pretty cushy job is pretty unconventional. So I understand why people ask that. Like, I. I can understand if I hadn't really traveled before and someone told me like, yeah, I'm leaving the job that I actually love all my coworkers at and we have an amazing office and I make good money and I have fun in my town. I'd be like, well, then why are you leaving? So I do understand why people ask that. It's just, I want to kind of put a PSA out there just because a girl leaves to a new city or wants to do something new with her life does not mean she's going to quote unquote, find a husband. Um, If any of you know me, it's, quite the opposite. I'm like kind of a commitment foe where I almost feel like if I settle down, I'm letting go of my freedom. I have definitely learned since I've been here from meeting so many amazing people. That's not the case. Like you can build a life together. But when people ask me that, I was like, that is the last thing I'm going to do is find a husband when I'm there to travel and basically like party for a year. So, um, yeah, the swallowing the pride thing, I had to let go of that. I had to just deal with people's questions, put on a smile and answer. And there was definitely some judgment in people's tone. Like, so you're what? You're you don't have a job, you don't have an apartment, you don't know anyone. And I know it just comes from concern too, where people are like, well, what is she gonna live on the streets and just beg for money? And it's like, give me a little more credit. I can figure things out, I'm pretty resourceful. Um, so yeah, I think uh, we need to be a little more supportive when people have these crazy like decisions that I don't even like calling it crazy, just huge life transitions. Just support them. Just be like, wow, that's so brave of you. You're killing it. I know so many people right now that are so miserable in their careers and their relationships with whatever is going on in their life, and they're too scared to change it for fear of judgment. I can can totally relate. I did that for probably about a year before I even moved to Australia. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. People are going to question me. Everyone's going to think I'm moving for a reason I'm not. Uh, people are going to question my finances. People are going to question why. And I, it's just too scary to deal with all that. And I'm so glad I got over that because now I finally feel like, okay, I'm happy and I'm doing what I want to be doing, but you really have to let go of that ego and swallow that pride because if you don't, you're just going to continue doing what you're doing, which is what I did for years. So those are two major lessons. The third one is looking inward. So I have done a lot of work in last, I would say even year, but definitely two years in looking inward. I used to be so bitter about things that happened to me. Um, I would just be like, Oh my God, it's just my luck or the world's out to get me. Or like, that's just me. That's my story. And what I realized is no, that's not my story. That's what I was attracting because I kept talking about it. So the more I talked about dating sucks and Oh, I just attract fuck boys. And what am I just a plan B type of girl? Like, no, That's just what I was attracting because that's the vibe I was giving off. I wasn't really putting any value on myself. And so I had to look inward and say, like, what is going on? Is it Are there really that many fuckboys around me? Or is it just that's the vibe I'm giving off and that's what I'm getting? And obviously, as I looked inward, it was the vibe I'm giving off. I mean, think about it. If you just say dating sucks, boys suck, men suck, everything sucks. I hate the apps. I hate going on dates. I hate talking to people. Then... What kind of person is going to be like, wow, that girl, I cannot wait to talk to her and settle down with her. Like, that's even crazy saying that out loud, but that's the vibe I was giving off. And even when I was going on dates, I'll actually never forget this. I went on a first date and this guy was like, what is your vendetta against guys? And I was like, oh shit, like I had such a chip on my shoulder about men and dating and like showing them who's boss and I'm independent and don't touch me and I'll do everything myself. Like it obviously was not uh, uh, someone that anyone wanted to be around in terms of romantic dating. I mean, that's the part of looking inward. You start to look inward and say, well, what would I want? If I went out with a guy and he's like, yeah, girls just suck. Dates always go horrible. I just keep getting the worst girls. That energy is so like low vibe and negative. You're like, well, okay, bye, I guess I'll leave. And that's what I realized I was doing. So I do think looking inward can be a huge help. And it's not easy. Like you have to be really honest with yourself and admit things that you don't want to admit. Like I didn't want to admit that I was allowing that into my life. But it's like, uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I have to admit that. I can't just blame everything on the other person. I allowed certain people to stay in my life. I allowed people to cross boundaries. I allowed myself to ignore red flags just because I wanted to stay with someone. So looking inward has been such a big deal this year. Um, Not only this year, but last year, but I would say this year, the looking inward, I would say 2017 looking inward was about like men and relationships and boys. 2018 was looking inward with myself and like health and wellness and you know, why am I not seeing results or like what am I doing wrong or why do I not care about my health? Where this year it was kind of everything but also looking inward with judgment of others. Like I said, I know people that you will never get to see their art, their dancing, their creative side, anything, because they're too scared to show you. That is what I started to look inward about. When I started getting hesitations about moving or even doing this podcast or starting the yoga business that I'm starting, there was a huge part of me that I was like, God, it would just be so much easier to cruise through till I have to retire just get my retirement money, chill out, travel. It would just be so much easier and so much more stable. But I was like, I don't want that for myself. Like if I were to make a movie of my life, I'm going to get a little existential here. If I were to make a movie of my life and I was watching myself as the main star and, you know, there was a plot line that said, you know, she was about to move to Australia and she was about to do all this fun stuff. But then she decided, you know what, let's take the easy route and just, 40 more years, grind it out at this job and retire. I would be like, well, wait, that part of the movie sucks. Like she could have had this whole life that that she was ready. She had the money, she had the support, she had the mindset, but she just let the fear of others get to her or the judgment. And so I like to do it a lot whenever I'm questioning myself or um, doubting anything that I have going on in my life. I kind of look at myself as a movie and like, do I want that movie to just continue the way it was? Or is it going to be that fun plot twist that it's like, no, she did something else. And that sounds like very Pinteresty and cheesy, but I'm serious. Like, I'm I'm really big with visualizing things. And I feel like I visualize living by the beach in Sydney. And now I live in freaking Bondi Beach. I visualize what my life would be like here and having free time to do things. That's what I have come to find is true. So I'm really big on visualizing. And I think that started with looking inward. Because I had to recognize what were my blocks, what was my limiting belief around dating or relationships or careers or anything. Because there's always that that we have to get over. Like half the jobs I even have now, I'm like I don't even know how I got hired. Like not in a way of I'm unqualified, but I was like I just if you look on paper, I don't feel like it matches up. But then I have to remember, maybe it's the vibe I'm giving off where they're like, we can just tell she's a hard worker, we can tell she's going to get this done, we don't have to doubt her, she's loyal, she's reliable, like that stuff matters too in job interviews. So that's what I also had to look inward on is like, why am I so scared or insecure about certain jobs that I have? Why am I so scared or insecure about if I want to do something for myself, like, Anything this can go from like dyeing your hair to getting a tattoo or piercing to moving to dating someone to uh, Anything a career change like there's a lot that we care about when it comes to others opinions and looking inward is Really really gonna help you get over those limiting beliefs because I cannot tell you how many things I had to deal with that I was like god. I hate admitting this about myself, but it's true and that goes back to dating and careers and now I'm still working through it. There's still stuff that I have issues with all the time. Like I have a ton of limiting beliefs right now, especially around money as I start to think about my businesses and um you know, podcasting and yoga. I don't think I'm bad at podcasting, but for some reason I'm like have some weird resistance about promoting myself to a network or a sponsor or a brand. Even though I get feedback that people like it and it's relatable and I have a good voice, there's some weird limiting belief where I'm like, oh, well, I'm not a celebrity or an influencer or I don't have proper equipment or I'm not the right fit or whatever the case is. Like I'm dealing with that stuff on a daily basis. And then there's the flip side of that with just money. Like, Let's say I did get a sponsor who's like, yep, we'll pay you $1,000 an episode there's part of me that's like hell yeah a thousand dollars and then part of me starts creeping up which is usually your ego or the little devil on your shoulder like oh you don't deserve that you didn't work hard enough you haven't slaved away enough you didn't put in the hours and i'm dealing with that on a constant daily basis so when i'm talking about looking inward there is still so much shit i have to figure out and i would say the biggest one this year has been definitely around money and just putting stuff out there like i have so many good ideas and so many things that i know i could do but I have a lot of uh, limiting beliefs or insecurities around them that I'm really trying to work on because I know they would be really helpful. It's just, you know, I'm human. I have complexities, I have insecurities, I have doubts. And just like everything, though, in my past, eventually it comes to a point where I'm like, I'm sick of like playing this bullshit game of doubting myself. Let me just move forward with what I want to do and see what happens. That's um, so how I started this podcast. If you guys have listened from the beginning my logo was created on Canva. I recorded, um, I don't even remember how I recorded. Honestly, my first few interviews were probably a little more rigid. I wasn't, I was just kind of sticking to a script. And then as time went on, I got better and better. So that's what I have to realize with my businesses. It's like, yeah, you're going to have to just launch it and then tweak it. So my first idea might turn into my 10th idea. And the 10th idea might be the one that sticks. And that's what I'm finding. Like, With my yoga business i was like oh i'm I'm just gonna teach privately and now i'm like wait a second i travel too much to teach privately let me do corporately okay well if i do corporately i would want to do a three month contract and i might also be traveling too much to do corporately why don't i think about online wait a second online would work really well but what i'm finding is a lot of people online don't know how to find me or yoga teachers online don't know how to market themselves why don't i think about social media consulting for yoga teachers like I have gone through five different, if not more, iterations of what my business could look like. And that is something that I have to also learn in 2020 is like giving myself that permission to change my mind. I was really in the beginning feeling some resistance to the private teaching, but was for some reason like really pushing myself like, no, this is the only way you have to make money this way. You have to do this. And that's not true. Like I can change my mind. I'm allowed to change my mind. I don't even have clients that I have to worry about upsetting or anything. So giving yourself permission to change your mind is a huge lesson for 2020, which also brings me to my next year in review point, investing in yourself. I have invested in myself hugely this year. I don't even know if hugely is a word. I feel like Donald Trump, Jesus. And uh, what I've realized is it pays off. I'll start with the beginning of the year. When I moved back to Florida, I got a personal trainer, which was not cheap, especially when you compare it to something like Planet Fitness, where it's what, like 19 bucks a month or probably cheaper, um, where people would be like, well, can't you just learn these workouts and then go to the gym? And it's like, yeah, but I need accountability. I'm really motivated by loss aversion, meaning like if I have money on the line, and I'm going to lose it. I'll show up. If I cancel and I lose that session, I'll show up. So I know myself. I knew after trying like four different gyms in Chicago that I, that just didn't work for me. And that's something that you need to like really figure out what works for you. Like I said, there were plenty of people that are like, what are you doing? are you moving to Australia? Shouldn't you save that money? Or like, why are you spending so much money? Can't you just do a class online or YouTube it or whatever? And it's like, Of course, but I don't have any discipline when it comes to that. I need someone that's texting me being like, where are you? Our session starts in 30 minutes or like confirm your appointment or you're going to lose $75 or whatever the case was. And so I invested in a personal trainer, which helped me a lot with my morning routine because what I found is after work, I was so tired and the, the trainer was kind of far. By the time I got to him and we were doing like cardio and weightlifting and all this stuff, I was dead. And so I was like, there has to be a better way, so let me just try in the morning and just get up early and see if that helps me boost my energy. And it did, and if any of you knew me like two, three years ago, I hated waking up in the morning. Like I loved napping, I would push my alarm to the last possible second, I would roll up to work right on time, if not five minutes late, and getting that personal trainer not only helped me physically, but I would say definitely the discipline of waking up early and committing to something because what I did was book out all my appointments early in the week. So it just became part of my calendar, just like any client call. I was like, all right, I'm going Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, like no questions asked unless it was something major. Like, I don't know, I had a birthday party or something, but even then I don't have a birthday party at six 30 in the morning. So yeah, I can knock my workout out in the morning and be done with it. So that really helped me with committing to my uh, health and fitness and again just that self-discipline and morning routine so that was the first I would say big investment that I made the second big investment in myself was probably into spiritual stuff and yoga so yeah yoga training was not cheap it was probably like two thousand dollars and I like to be transparent about that because I want people to know the investments you have to make in yourself to see change. And I'm not saying everyone has $2,000 to just go to yoga training. I'm sure there's cheaper ways. I'm sure there's, maybe you need to save up longer. I knew that's what I wanted to do when I moved to Australia, so I saved up for it. So yoga training was a huge investment that I will never, ever, like, ever take for granted. I learned so much in that four weeks that I can't even explain. And I went into it pretty open-minded. But then there were definitely parts of yoga training where I was like, mm, okay, this is a little too much, or I would never do this back home, or what, like, why are we doing this so much? And then by the end of the training, I was like, wow, I feel like a total 180. I feel a shift in my energy. I feel like I'm much more open, even more open-minded. Like Sometimes you think you're open-minded, and then you get tested, and you're like, oh, actually, I'm not that open-minded, And so I really had to become open-minded just because there were, everyone was from a different country. Like literally every single person was from a different country. So hearing about their views on politics, religion, relationships, sexuality, yoga, spirituality, like these are all conversations we had because we were together for 28 days in a villa. So yeah, you're going to talk about more than yoga. And that investment was more than just like the yoga aspect. It was such a mental investment that I could not be more grateful, and even while I was there, I invested in myself, so when we had days off, I would go get massages, and part of me felt guilty, because I was like, oh, I'm already in Bali, in this beautiful villa, getting my yoga training, you know, people would die to do this, and it's like, that's that's not my problem, how people want to perceive my situation. If I If I wanted to please everyone... Imagine doing that. Like, what would I do? Take a survey? Like, what would everyone like me to do during my day off in yoga training? Okay, great. I'll go do that. Like, that's insane. So, I had to let go of that guilt of, like, okay, I'm going to have a full self care day. And if anything, this yoga training was so intense. We deserved it. We were in anatomy class, his, history class, doing yoga two hours in the morning, meditation, like very intense stuff, a lot of looking inward. And so, yeah, I do need a day off to go reset. So, I would invest in like massages or pedicures or uh, anything. Like I was just anything self-care or wellness I was investing in on my days off in yoga. And I would say one of my favorite things I invested in while I was there was birth chart reading. So I'd always wanted to get that done because I love astrology, but I really, my astrology knowledge was like very limited. It was kind of just like magazine horoscopes or just reading them online or getting the app CoStar and reading about it. But then I was like, there's so much more to it than the daily horoscope, I would really like to know about it. So I did a birth chart reading, which was probably like $150, and it was so, so eye-opening that I was like, "Uh, wait, what? I wasn't even expecting that. He was just telling me all these things about how I am, so ideas, like I have so many ideas, and I'm going to do something with media. And I'm going to end up with a foreigner and all these things that I'm like, he didn't know anything about me except my first and last name and my date of birth and the time. So that showed me that, wait, okay, this astrology thing, there might be something to it. And what was interesting is he said in Vedic astrology, which is what the birth chart reading was, the sun, I think this is right, the sun is your mom and the moon is your dad. And so that's why when I got my little sun and moon tattoo. It meant a lot, it meant like there's always lightness and darkness, the sun will always rise the next day, etc. But then I was like, this also kind of represents my mom and dad, because I really loved what that birth chart reading brought me. So yeah, I was investing in myself left and right in Bali, outside of the yoga training, And then, um, I really, I feel like benefited from all those results. Like I had such mental clarity after I felt so much different about so many things. Like I had really, really deep conversations with people about grief and relationships. Like I said, sexuality, like so many things that I just don't really talk about. You know, when you go with your friends to dinner, you're not like, let's talk about grief or, Let's talk about sexuality and being closed off. It's like, no, let's talk about boys and partying and how much we hate our jobs and exercising and how bad we were because we ate a cupcake, blah, blah, blah. That's like a lot of what my conversations were, which is why when I traveled, I loved traveling because you never really had those conversations. So, yes, investing yourself is important. That was the, I would say, second biggest investment. And then the next three were into business coaches. So I invested in a business coach named Morgan, who is very knowledgeable, very savvy, and she was helping me with yoga stuff. And we basically just get on the phone and I say like, here's my ideas. And she'll say like, okay, this is what you're going to do right now. You're going to reach out to 10 people on LinkedIn or you're going to email people. You're going to make a list of 10 more people you're going to reach out to tomorrow. You're going to pick a day that you're going to go in and and have coffee. You're going to say this, this is what you're going to draft up. So it's very like tactical and action oriented of like, We're not just bouncing off ideas. It's not a brainstorm. It's literally like, no, while I'm on the phone, you need to email these 10 people. So it's nice because the issue I have here that I have talked about a lot of times is self-discipline is like, sometimes I get overwhelmed with how much I need to do or what I need to do that. I just don't end up doing it. And so the coach is like literally having a teacher where it's like, all right, do your homework and I'm going to check it later. And if it's not done, you're going to get in trouble. The The difference now is I'm not going to get in trouble. I'm just going to lose my value of the money that I invested in. So yeah, it's expensive. It's not cheap. I'm spending hundreds of dollars on these calls. But the value I'm getting out of it is someone telling me, Chelsea, this is what you need to do, that knows what they're doing. So it's not someone that is like, you know, a random that is just telling me what to do. They're actually giving me homework to do. And it's like, if I don't do it, that's my loss. I lose the money. I hired them to help me do a job so if they're helping me do that job and I'm not executing like that's on me so that was the first coach the second one was um, Emily Cecil she'll be on the podcast soon she's a private yoga teacher who has built a really successful business and now she actually mentors yoga teachers to create their own private yoga business and now she's launching something around an online course So I'm actually joining what I guess they would call a mastermind where we have like a little modules to watch. And then we have weekly calls where we brainstorm around tons of different things like client pushback, payment, invoices, um, marketing yourself, following up, finding leads, These are all things that, yes, I was in corporate America and I understand business, but not for myself. So when I worked in America, I had someone telling me what to do, like, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to send 40 emails and this is the script for, you know, a call and this is what you have to do to close a sale and these are the systems we use, where now it's like, I have to buy all those things, you know what I mean? Like, I need software that houses all my clients, I need to do email marketing, I need to do social media marketing, I need to follow up with people. So that is a huge um, learning lesson that I've had this year, too, is the amount of work it takes to run a business. I thought I wasn't naive and like, oh, it'll be easy. I just didn't think there would be this much to do. And every time I get on a call or, or watch anything around, and, you know, launching a business, I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't even think of that. Or that's a good idea. Or, oh, my God, I didn't even think about that one thing that I should definitely have put on my website. So there's just a lot that goes into a business. And, uh, but that's what I came here to do. You know, that's what I wanted to do. That's why I it ultimately moved to Australia. Like I said, was to create things that would make impacts on people. And if I'm going to do that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of work involved. If it was easy, everyone would do it. So that was another piece of investing in myself was Emily. And then the third one was Sophie Nick, who was just on the podcast. So she is amazing. She I went into that very like business focus like, okay, this is what I want for myself. Let's talk about money I want to see how I can attract more money in my life blah 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 Like I said, I do have a lot of weird limiting beliefs around money um, and I'll tell you a few of them. Some of them are like if I get wealthy I'll lose the circle of friends that I have if I make a lot of money People will think I've changed or that they won't want to be around me if I make a lot of money I'll blow through it and be broke. Like these are all things that I've thought about and Sophie really helped me go through all that. Like we all know people that are wealthy that are not assholes and we still hang out with them. If anything, these people that have a ton of money are usually very, uh, they're really helpful. They usually enhance our lives. So she had me do an exercise where she's like, if you were wealthy, what would you do with that money? And I was like, I would pay off my student loan debt. I would pay off my credit card debt. I would build a really solid savings account. I would enhance everyone's lives. Like when their birthdays came around and Christmas, I would get really amazing gifts. You know, if I was really wealthy, I would love to take everyone on trips. So she's like, so what part of that would make you a bitch or people don't wanna hang out with you or very unrelatable? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know where that idea came from. So then we did a lot of work of like, okay, well, where are those ideas coming from? And this is what I mean about investing in yourself. I wouldn't have gotten to that point had I not reached out to someone that could help me with it. I can talk to my friends all day long. I can talk to my mom all day long, which is like my therapist, but there's just certain things that people either don't know how to deal with or they can't get that deep with you or they're scared to push you. I mean, think about a friend. It's like, I don't really want my friend that I'm probably gonna go to happy hour with on Friday ask me what childhood trauma I might have around certain things or what happened in my childhood that I have a a weird limiting belief around money. It's like, what aren't we gonna get wine on Thursday, and we're talking about this where I actually do have friends like that that I would love talking about that stuff, but it's like every single friend of yours cannot be that to you, so you need to have someone that is like a point person. It's literally that's why they call it a coach. It's like when you do a when you're in a sport, you hire a coach right? You don't just play soccer on your own or play basketball on your own, you actually pay to be on a team or you're hired or you're- co- co- recruited or whatever, but that coach is there to show you this is what you need to work on. These are the things you need to practice. When you have downtime, why don't you go do this or these exercises? When it comes to game time, you need to focus on these three things. That's exactly what a business coach does is, on your downtime, go do this homework. When it's time to execute, you need to do these three things. So it really is just like having a coach back in, you know, elementary school, just in a different way. And so Sophie really helped me with that. And like I said, I went in very business focused, but what I came out with was a lot of energy clearing I was like really low vibe. I was like, I don't know. For some reason that day, I was in a bad mood. I was tired. And by the end of it, I was like fired the fuck up. I was like, I am ready to like launch my business. I dressed up. I did my hair. I put lipstick on. I went to a hair appointment. I literally brought my laptop and was like typing away all this stuff. I had a great date night that night. Like everything just was insane. It was like, oh, that's the day I got my new job offer and they let me work three days a week and come in at 10 I was like what what is this like what is happening I never thought I would work a job that I could go in at 10 only three days a week and be this like high up with a title and so that's what's interesting about moving here too is like I always thought there's certain hats you can wear but even within that hat that you're wearing there's only one hat if that makes sense it's a weird analogy here I'm trying to think of a better one I just thought, okay, if I'm going to be a yoga teacher, I just have to work at a studio. If I'm going to do social media management, it has to be 40 hours a week and I have to be doing all things. Where now I'm like, wait, there's so many things you can do with yoga teaching. You don't even have to do like actual yoga poses. You can teach people how to meditate for five minutes. You can teach people how to just stretch in their chair at work. You can just mentor yoga teachers on being... a a better social media marketer like there are so many aspects that that's what i mean of like wearing hats within a hat and same thing with uh career i was like oh well if i'm a social media manager i have to work 40 hours a week and it's like no if you're efficient enough and you can get it done in three days then get it done in three days and plan ahead so that's actually the part i've loved about australia is the flexibility in the working environment and the lifestyle here it's really showed me like okay, I don't have to have a nine to five and slave myself away just to make money. So that's something that I would say investing in myself and in coaches has really taught me. Um, Of course, like don't go into credit card debt over it. If if someone says, oh, my program's $10,000 and you barely have $500 in your bank account and you max out your credit card. Yeah, maybe don't do that quite yet. If you want to save, then really start evaluating what you can save on. So for me... When I first hear these prices, this has happened every single time I've invested in a coach or program. I first think, oh, is there a discount? Then I think, is there a payment plan? Is there anything I can do to just basically stall or lower this payment? Now what I realize that now I'm launching my own business and want to charge people certain rates, is it's not about the experience or anything. It's like you're actually charging for people's time and experience. So if someone's taking an hour out of their day to coach you when they have a ton of other clients and give you one-on-one attention, undivided, focused on your homework, your goals, it's not just a blanket, you know, cookie cutter approach. Yeah, that's going to cost money. So I've learned, if anything, from working with these people that I need to raise my own rates and value my time just as much as they do. It's not like any of these people showed me that they have, you know, a Harvard degree in coaching or they've made $1 million. Like, None of that has happened. I just trust the vibe and can tell what they're doing and I can see that they've helped me. So that's why I keep investing. So I would say if you're looking for a business coach, um, first you can DM me and I can tell you some ways that I've worked with them, but also just really evaluate and probably get on a call with them and see the vibe. So if you do a discovery call and an intro call, we all have that gut feeling that you're like, "Mm, this feels a little icky or something's off and it has nothing to do with the price. It's just the vibe. Then it's probably not for you. But for me, with all these different ladies, it's all worked out really well. And that's why I keep investing. So also look for free courses or trainings that they offer. A lot of them do that. Some of them will run holiday specials. So you can maybe get in the door and then decide if you want to invest So uh, yeah, that's something that if you told me two years, not even two years ago, if you told me eight months ago, I would be investing hundreds of dollars in business coaches, I would have been like, what the fuck is a business coach? And now I'm like obsessed with them. Like now I kind of want to be one. (laughs) So I'm obsessed with them. Uh, They really help me out. And I think that is why I keep investing because like I said, I do need that little push to keep doing what I want to do. So investing in yourself is monumental. And I cannot stress that enough. This also goes back to fitness and health. So I here have class pass, and that goes back to my whole idea around loss aversion. I'm very motivated by losing money. I, I know that if I um, have money on the line and I don't show up and I'm gonna lose it, I'm freaked out. I'm like, nope, I don't wanna lose $15. I'd rather go to the class and half-ass it than lose $15. And what usually happens is when I get to the class, I don't wanna half-ass it because I'm already there. So class pass really works for me. But again, I know people that are all different. I know people that go to the gym daily that have their own little routine. They write it down on their phone, they kill it, no problem. But you have to do what works for you. I don't get at what point in time we all decided we all have to do the same things. Like we all have different bodies. We all have different support systems. We all have different work schedules. We all have different mindsets. We all have different sleep schedules. We all have different partners. So it's like, yeah, what works for me might not work for a mom of four who works 40 hours a week and her husband travels every week. That's not even realistic. You're not even comparing apples to apples. So when you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to invest in a coach or maybe I'll go do that one thing that Chelsea said to do and oh my God, maybe I'll download ClassPass. If that doesn't feel right to you, don't do it. If you're doing a Planet Fitness program that you're like, yeah, it's 10 bucks a month and I'm killing it I'm seeing results and I love going, then keep doing that. If you're like, yeah, I actually am very goal oriented and I write down my goals and I smash them every week or month, that works for you. Keep doing it. I wanted to tell you what worked for me because I was having a lot of issues around all the things that I'm telling you about. So hopefully some of those can help you. I would say things I want to work on in 2020 are definitely my limiting beliefs around money. Even now, like, I, I have my yoga site up. I have my branding up. I gave a little freebie journal away. I have so many amazing ideas. I have my social media content, like, so many ideas. And there's just this part of me that is so resistant that I'm like almost scared to get a client. And I don't know why. Like, I know saying it out loud sounds crazy, but it's true. I'm just like, I don't know what happened. I'm like, it, there's some resistance around making money from yoga. And I think that comes with the yoga world in general. I think a lot of yoga teachers feel the same. We're taught to you know teach free classes and yoga is such a privilege. Let's just share the healing side of it. And it's like, yeah, just like any other profession, you should be compensated for your time with yoga. So that is something that I'm working on in 2020. Definitely self-discipline. I definitely wanna get back into a morning routine. Again, I don't want to be rigid about it. I don't want to be like, oh my God, it's 7 a.m. and I haven't journaled and oh my God, I can't do this. Like my whole day's ruined. It's like, yeah, if I miss journaling a few days, that's fine. If I miss this a few days, it's fine. I just don't want to beat myself up. But I have found lately that I haven't been doing any of that. My life feels a little like out of whack. So I want to get back to that. Um, What else do I want to work on? Definitely relationships and dating. I just haven't dated in so long that it's definitely hard for me to get back into it and not in a way of like meeting people like it's actually pretty easy to meet people it's like when you're in the dating game I definitely want to work on just what I bring to the relationship and I don't mean like about me I'm not saying oh I'm trying to change my uh change myself for anybody it's more of like what I bring in terms of what's the word I'm looking for like how I value myself, I guess is a, a word to use. So do I move everything around for someone? Do I jump when they say, you know, jump? Do I do this? Do I um do I change plans for them? Like these are things that it's so hard when you meet someone, especially when you're traveling. You're like, well, we only have a limited amount of time. Let me just like clear my schedule and we'll hang out and do this fun thing. And I mean, hello, we're in Sydney. Everyone's basically on vacation twenty four seven. So it's like let's do this and this and this. And it's hard not to get caught up in that. So I would say dating and relationships is something that I absolutely have to work on and just being more open-minded. You know, There's people that I probably met that I could go out with that I don't want to and vice versa. And it's just like, okay, maybe be a little more open-minded. Maybe just go grab a drink with someone and see where it goes. So um, dating and relationships is something that I have like yet to really master. And I think that would probably be my next investment is probably like a love and business not yeah yeah love coach i know that sounds crazy cuz it's like what do you like just do you and find someone that loves you but i'm like i have so many not issues but like ideas around love like i'm really scared of marriage for some reason even though i have a perfect mom and dad who are literally obsessed with each other um i have so many great examples of marriage in my life but for some reason for me i feel like i would feel like suffocated or not i guess that's pretty dramatic but i would just feel like i'm losing part of my life and like i said i have actually shifted that a bit since i moved here where i'm like no you can actually build a life together and you just have to compromise a few things i'm starting to see that like more mature side of partnerships but yeah i that's something that i definitely just need to like invest more time in i've invested so much time and money in business in yoga in self-care in taking care of myself that it's like Okay, that's the one piece of my life that I really haven't tried to invest in more or really look inward on. Um, Going back to my other lesson, I haven't really looked inward too much on that. So that's what I want to work on in 2020. And then just being more of a support system in terms of uh, family and friendship. So I feel like I am definitely a a good uh, listener and people can turn to me. But I want to make sure that when they turn to me, I'm actually listening and really supporting them, and not just so like giving them advice based on my high horse or like on a soapbox that I'm on. Like, well, this is what I would do if I were you. Or totally get it. But for me, what's worked is this, this, and this. Like, sometimes people just need to be like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Or, yep, that sounds crazy, but go ahead and do it. Like, yep, I don't agree with that, but you do. You like that's what I mean in terms of the support system. I definitely feel because I have so many life lessons that I've learned. I try to share them with other people. And it's like going back to my whole one-to-one comparison, like someone's situation is totally different. So when my advice comes through, it might be helpful, but it's not something that they're like, yep, just applied it and it worked because they might have a totally different situation. So that's something that I'm trying to work on in 2020 is genuinely listening to people. And when they're telling me something, not trying to throw the advice or life lesson that I've learned, it's just like listening, taking it in, letting them vent, And then if they ask for advice, I can give it, but I don't need to just like throw it at them. So that's something that I definitely need to work on. And I would say lastly is my (laughs) Americanism. I guess that's a nice way of saying my American ignorance. Um, I think there is somewhat of a superiority complex in Americans when we travel because our country is so big and we have so many different cultures and food and, and people and everything that we think well when we travel we've seen it all like we've seen snow we've seen sun we've seen mountains we've seen southern people we've seen northern people eastern western whatever we've seen this type of food and this type of food so when we go somewhere we tend to bring that like americana with us like oh well yeah we have this in america or that's not how we do it there uh that's not how we say that and i notice i do that a lot where i'm like well that's not how you say it and they're like well we're in australia So yeah, it is how you say it. And I'm like, oh yeah, duh. If someone came to America, if an Australian came to America and said, that's not how you say it. And we would be like, well, you're in America. Like, yeah, you have not, you have to say it like that, but like, that's the common word that's used. I have found that I do that a lot. Like they write the date differently. They do, um, and day, month, year, not month, year, day. And I'll type like that. And people are like, Hey, can you please, you know, type it the other way? Like, especially at work. And I get confused because I'm like one twelve 12 to me is January 12th. To them, that's December 1st. So I get confused about that and I'm like, oh, well, that's not how we do it in America. And then I have to catch myself being like, I'm not in America. I'm actually halfway through my visa in Australia, hired by an Australian company with Australian coworkers. I need to write the Australian way. So this is also true for words, for food. Like that's not how we cook that. That's not how we do that. And what I realize is, Sometimes I'm saying it just to, like, show, like, be funny. Like, oh, my gosh, that's so funny. It's such a different word. But sometimes I realize it does come off as me, like, knowing better. Like, well, that's not how you do it. This is how we do it over there. And it's like, well, no, that's not how this person grew up. So that's not how they do it. And it's just different. It doesn't mean one way is right or one way is wrong. It's just different. So, yeah, I call it, like, American ignorance because it's true. Like, we definitely come to come to places with total different ideas based on the movies that we see and the media that we consume. Um, I definitely, it has taught me to educate myself more on different cultures and just adopting to this lifestyle of traveling. Like I said, I've been hanging out with a ton of British people, but if I pick up and move, I might deal with a totally different culture that I've never dealt with and I can't go into it, especially when I'm in another country being like, well, that's not how we do it in America. Mm -mm, That's how Americans do it. Like that's that's actually just annoying. Even saying it out loud, it, it sounds annoying. And I'm like, wait, it is annoying. <laughs> and someone actually said that th- to me the other day with the date thing, I wrote it on a, I think a doctor's paper. And I was like, that's the right way, right? And they're like, yeah, we do it the right way. You guys do it wrong. And she was being like facetious and joking with me. But I realized I'm like, wait, that's how I sound. So that is something uh, that is a huge lesson I learned is like the American-ism in me. I need to be like a little less American. not in terms of like, uh, what's the word? Like dimming that I'm from America. But just stopping with the whole like, nope, that's not how we do it. Or this is not how we cook that. Or that's not how we say that because I'm in Australia. So I need to adjust. Um, What's the last thing? I would definitely say to just keep putting myself out there. I have, uh, you guys have definitely seen this with the podcast. I've gone back and forth with posting. I go through periods where I just don't post. And it's not because... I hate the podcast and I'm done podcasting. Sometimes there's just days or weeks where I'm like, oh, I don't feel like podcasting or I don't feel like I have a lot to say or no one's going to relate to this. And I realize you guys do relate to this and these episodes are helpful. And so even if I can only do a 20 to 30 minute one, I feel like that's actually worth it versus waiting three weeks to hear a new one. So that's something that I am definitely going to try and work on in 2020 is just continue putting myself out there Like I said, if it's a short, brief podcast, then so be it. That's what I'm going to put out that week. And I don't need to hold myself to such rigid standards of like, it has to be an hour every single week or else don't post because I was definitely in that mindset for a while where I was like pushing myself to record for an hour. And sometimes it's like, have any of you ever talked by yourself for an hour? It's freaking hard. (laughs) So I'm talking a lot now because I'm basically recapping my year, but that doesn't mean every week I'm going to have to, I'm going to be able to talk about something new especially if I get into routine with work and life and money and whatever it's like I'm not really gonna have a lot to update you on so I just need to get over that I'm gonna have an hour of content every week because that's not gonna be true so yeah I would just say keep putting myself out there especially with my business like stop having so much resistance to it investing myself looking at my beliefs around money and relationships and getting my care self-care back on track because there was a period where I was definitely all about that and it's kind of fallen off or I was doing like face masks or going to get a massage every once in a while and I'm like if I can afford to do those things and they make me feel better then I should do them I shouldn't feel guilty about it if I feel guilty or like wow I really should not put all that money into that haircut or whatever the case is and it doesn't make me feel good after then I shouldn't do that so I think really the point of this podcast is do what works for you do what makes you feel good but also have the capacity to look inward and say, if something's not going right in my life, why is that? And that's where I'm at right now with like money and business and relationships. It's like, is it just bad luck? Or is there something internally that I'm not really recognizing that I'm causing a huge block in? And I think that's the point that I'm at right now. I'm like, I'm ready to look inward. I know it's going to suck. I'm probably going to have a lot of painful, uh, realizations, but it's like, I would rather do that and get over them than just continue to leave them brushed under the rug and then continue leading this life of like, Oh, business sucks. Dating sucks. Boys suck. It's like, no, I just need to do the work and get over it. So do the work, invest in yourself. 2020, I think is a perfect year to choose you. It's freaking a new decade. So if there's anything that you should be doing, it's focusing on yourself Especially if you think you're lacking in any area of your life. So if you want to start a podcast, a blog, uh, a sketch, a sketch Instagram. Like I'm following all these um line art Instagrams now, and I'm obsessed with them. Like I'm about to go buy a sketchbook because I'm so inspired. If you have an idea, if you can can write in a cool fonts. If you DIY something, if you can knit, like literally think of something that's a side project that you could maybe turn into. A monetized project, like maybe make that your goal of 2020. Maybe you make fun little scarves and all of a sudden you can sell them on Etsy. Like, there are so many ideas. I think we all have creativity in us. We just tend to put it on the back burner in favor of a more stable life. But I think if you can really start carving out time for that, you'll start to feel more alignment because that's how I feel with this podcast. I actually wanted a podcast today because I felt so out of alignment. I'm like, why am I feeling this way? Like, Everything's fine. I'm making money. I have my jobs now where I'm not struggling to pay rent. I live by the freaking beach. There's sunshine. It's summer. I have funny friends. Like, nothing was really, you know, on paper going wrong. But I realized, oh, that's because I hadn't really done any of my creative stuff. Like, I kind of put everything on the back burner for a second. I haven't been podcasting. I've devoted like 10% of my time to the yoga stuff. And that's what I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sit down today and podcast. I'm going to go buy a sketchbook and I'm going to start making a vision board for 2020 and that's the goal. So that's it. That's a, that's my year in review. Letting go of your ego, swallowing your pride, looking inward, investing in yourself, evaluating what you want to work on, support systems that you can either be better in terms of like who you are supporting or vice versa, um, dating, instability, my American ignorance, and adopting to this nomadic lifestyle. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you did, please leave a review or rate it or subscribe it, whatever you want to do, but rating it does really help. Um, leaving a review also really helps because, like I said, I think some people might have not heard of this podcast and they might not know what it's really about. So leaving a review is so, so helpful. You can also check out my website, inmynonexpertopinion.com, or you can write into to me at an email with hello at inmynonexpertopinion.com. And let me know in 2020 if there's any guests that you want on or if there's any topics that you want me to do these solo pods on, because I'm happy to do them. There's just sometimes where I'm like, "Uh, I don't really know what to talk about or like, did we already discuss this three times? I don't know. So let me know. I am happy to cover them. And yeah, with that, I will let you guys get to your 2020 goals. This is the perfect time to write them down. And I will start trying to record more consistently so that you and I can be on the same page in 2020 with aligning with ourselves. With that, I will talk to you guys next week.